Welcome to the Better Strangers Podcast. My name is Eric McCune, and I am your guinea pig for this show. What you're about to hear is a conversation I had with a complete stranger. The way this works is I ask for someone's information on the Better Strangers website. I call them up, and then we chat. It's interesting because I'm bad at it. I'm really bad at it. I've been away for about seven months. I'm so sorry, everybody. But lucky for you, that means my awkwardness has crept back in. Any lessons I may have learned, I might have gotten something out of them, but I still feel awkward. So, this week I speak with Mary Kay Weinhagen, and we have a heck of a time talking. We actually talk a lot about conversation, so I don't know how natural it is to be talking about talking. That's not really something you're going to pick up when chatting with someone at a sports bar, but... It was very interesting, and I think it worked out pretty well. Now remember, there's no editing done, so I leave all the awkward pauses in, so we're getting the whole breadth of the conversation. I'm not editing things out, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to make myself sound smoother. As you can tell, as you'll be able to tell, I trip over my tongue several times, and you can go ahead and try to count the times I say, right, uh-huh in response to what Mary is saying. Not the most stimulating response. I will work on that, but enough jibber-jabber. Did I just say jibber-jabber? Anyway, let's listen to the conversation, and I'll talk to you on the other side. Uh, hello, Mary. Nice to talk to you. Good to meet you, too. <laughs> All right. Um, what are we going to talk about? I don't. I have no <laughs> idea. I have no idea. I haven't done this for about ten months. Um, I oh! Just, I just looked right now. Um, so you're the first uh, stranger call in the last, yeah, last ten months. Wow. So I I don't know if I've reverted, but I got this this knot in the pit of my stomach. Not that I think you're going to be a cruel person, uh, but, <laughs> but you very well could be. Um, no, I I yeah, I I I don't have any idea how this is going to go. I'm sure it'll be great. I'm sure it will. Uh, how's your day going? Excellent. I slept really late, and I'm appreciating that. Nice. And I have plans for tonight to get together with some girlfriends that I haven't seen in a long time. So, you know, something something in the past that I'm really appreciating and something in the immediate future that I'm also appreciating. <laughs> and just you're right here right now. How yeah. that goes. And I like that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh... uh <laughs> I, how I, about you? How you, has, um... How has this... This podcast you've been doing called Better Strangers been working for you? I've really liked it a lot. Um, I, I think it's been helpful. But then again, uh, I still don't know how to start... Uh, conversation necessarily aside from asking simple pleasantries and then kind of going on from there I guess that's how it starts though you don't really go up yeah. to someone and ask an odd question right away unless you're trying to pick them up or something weird and that's uh, <laughs> uh, well yes and no right. oh, on the that... other hand it's nice to have a conversation about something you know Besides the weather, right? Yeah. Although, although you know, in the in the upper Midwest, that's that's a valuable conversation because it does change on a dime. It does, but everyone, <laughs> but everyone's paying very close attention. It's, yeah. You're just kind of reconfirming the facts when you're asking someone about the weather. 
Right. It's going to snow, huh? Yep, going to snow. Uh, yep. Yep. And uh, But I'm much more curious about, and because I am a naturally curious person, mm-hmm. like what's been the most surprising thing you've learned in the course of having conversations with strangers? I've learned that people are pretty willing to open up if you, if you just uh, kind of relate and just talk. I mean, if you actually have a, a conversation. You know, if it's, if it isn't, if you don't, if you get past the pleasantries, which sometimes you just use even with friends, you know, how are you doing? Fine, fine. Day's almost Mm -hmm. over. Yep, good. You get in this rut almost, but if you get down there and have a real talk with someone and put some time aside for a conversation, people tend to go uh, deeper and uh, uh, there's more exploration. It's nice. That's fun. I think it's fascinating and confirming and affirming that you said that people are pretty open and they want to have conversations because certainly that's what I've found to be true too. And you don't always have to set aside a whole lot of time. No, that's true. For that to happen. Even <laughs> just, well, you know, if you ask a meaningful question about that person, and, of course, it would depend on circumstances. I'm thinking, this week I went with my sister to for a hospital checkup, a doctor appointment at a clinic mm-hmm. in Minneapolis, and got into a conversation in an elevator ride, and we were only going two floors, and we came out of the elevator, and my sister said, you're so crazy. Why do you talk to strangers? <laughs> <laughs> and get them to tell you your life story in two floors. So... <laughs> I'm throwing that out there because I think you're right. I think, I think we all are thirsty to be heard or something. Yeah, we want to be heard, and we also want to learn, I guess, or find out more about other people. And some conversations right. just go as a, you know, you almost feel like you're just waiting until something sparks in your mind so you can start talking again. But that is not the right give and take and it, it's sometimes that's hard sometimes real, yeah it is you're just looking for when you the, can jump in and start talking again right but the, the fun part is that when you stop to think about all the stories you're making up in your head about why you should or shouldn't say this thing or that thing <laughs> you know we, we we drag with us years of what we what we've been told, right, maybe kind of initially by those parents about, oh, don't say that to that person. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you get know? out and then you learn uh, the way you want to be, one way or another. Well, and if you dare, if you dare to be authentic, you'll be surprised that it yeah. wasn't offensive. This thing your mom and dad told you, you can't say this to people. Yeah, it's, it's but it, scary, but it's there's no, yep. there's no point in hiding you know, how, who you are or how you feel. It just, um, it's not for the fear of you need everyone to like you, which is impossible. Right. I mean, you're going to, yeah. It, you know, doesn't show the edges. Hmm, let me see if I can push to the margin and find my unlikability. <laughs> this could be a fun adventure today. Uh, what experiment can we do? I think I did child care in my home for 25 years. What did My degree is in 
I, I did child care in my home for oh, okay. 25 years. Wow. My degree is in child psychology, and I, and I kind of took an approach because it's fun and it tickles me to just let the kids teach me okay. what life really could be like. And they did an excellent job. And I could feel the, the grown-up me, you know, wanting to jump in and stop something that came out of my fear that they have absolutely no fear of concern about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'd go for frequent walks, but, and, and I'm, you know, in St. Paul and in the city, and you meet a huge variety of people when you go out for walks on a regular basis. And children will talk to anybody <laughs> if you let true. them and you don't stifle that. So, you know, they, they see a person in a wheelchair come down the sidewalk, and they're not going into a story about, you what put that person in the wheelchair. They're amazed and jealous of those shiny wheels. Mm-hmm. And they want to express their appreciation and their envy, even, of this person, who doesn't get that much. So if I stifle those kids, that person just didn't get a dose of celebrating them and their situation. And so it's things like that. I think that... The kids taught me really powerfully, so now I'm a little less reserved. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good meeting way strangers and meeting strangers and talking to them. So what kind and of sometimes? Co- uh-huh. you, yeah, sometimes you get that hairy eyeball going. Who is this crazy lady? But it's all good. Well, what's the conversation you had in that elevator that was two floors? Um. Well, you know, somebody. It was an elderly woman, and she was coming, and she was. She was walking, but she was needing assistance. She obviously came from, you know, an EMT that had brought her, maybe, maybe from her home. Because mm-hmm. I, I can tell by his clothes, right? Yeah. So I asked how she was, and I asked where she lived, because she obviously had this wonderful, strong escort with her, and she kind of got a gleam in her eye. And really, I mean, I'm old as dirt, and she was way older than me. So... She, you know, she, she, it was clear a lot of people aren't talking to her and she had a little trouble hearing, but I don't care if I repeat myself a hundred times, I'm here right now. So, uh-huh. okay. and when you're here right now, you have all the time in the world. You're not, you know, and, and I was with my, my sister and I adore my sister, but she's got a little bit more of the hurry ups than I do, mm-hmm. but we were way early for her appointment. So she was fine and not, you know, hurrying me along. Right. So that she'd miss her appointment, which strikes me as absurd because we'd get to a doctor's office and wait anyway, regardless of when your appointment is. <laughs> yeah, and then get germs sort of from the, the magazine. At least in America, it's the rule. You're going to wait when you get there. So why are you driving like a mad person to get to the appointment? Yeah. I, you know, I want to be respectful of appointments, but come on. <laughs> so, you know, she proceeded to tell me about the home she was at and what she was coming into the doctor for. I mean, I didn't have to say any more after that. She just went on, or she. she I just she had to it... listen carefully, and I had to bend over to hear her because she was very, very soft-spoken. Mm-hmm. I and I commented on that. I said, "Now your voice sounds a little rusty. Have you not talked to anybody in a while?" And she looked at me a little startled, and then proceeded to say, "No, I really haven't. Nobody's asked my opinion in a long huh. time." <laughs> so. You know, talking to older people is great because nobody's asked their opinion in a long time, so you can ask their opinion well, by first finding out, you know, something, what they did for a living, where they live, where they grew up, anything. So what's the interest in talking to uh, people you don't know, or just, or just an elevator conversation? Because that seems, I mean, it, uh, 
uh, I guess I'm fearful of people's reactions, which is a ridiculous thing to be. Um, you know, you don't want anyone to give you like, you're the weirdo kind of eye, but then again, you're never going to see that person again necessarily. So what does it really matter? Why not risk the chance to find out something about them? But yes, but, uh, uh, yeah, what's the, what's the impulse or what's the, uh, uh, is there a goal behind it or just, uh, just a way of being, I guess. Uh, yeah, in my case, it probably is a way of being because I'm really human beings fascinate me. It's mm-hmm. probably what drew me to psychology in the first place, and I just, even from a tiny girl, feel the the connection. We're human. Isn't this an exciting adventure? Mm-hmm. And I'm certainly aware, and I've explored for myself things that have come at me from the outside world to to correct me to correct my thinking in this area, but I, I didn't drop it all together. I just sort of put it in the back closet and went, yeah, when this person's not with me. Mm-hmm. So I speak kid really well because most of us, as little kids, we do get um, that we can connect with people, that people have thoughts and ideas and hopes and dreams and um, disappointments and there's this huge range of experiences that people are having and I'm curious about how their range of experiences landing on them and I'm fascinated by the fact and, and always have been and even more fascinated as I get older. I love getting older. Every year is like, woohoo! <laughs> because, because I've just chalked up this more experience or something yeah. and there's, there's more to relate to and through, and I'm, and I'm amazed, like I said earlier, at our capacity. We are so creative. So we have this great capacity to build a whole story. We've got other players in our story. We've assigned them roles. We've even assigned them conversation that we hold them accountable for, and then we get mad when they don't act the way we want them to act. And yet you can take a handful of facts, and another person's holding an extremely different story about those same set of facts, and it's just, I don't know why everyone's not totally intrigued about this. Yeah. No, it's, so then, uh, yeah, I mean, there certainly could be a goal for it, too. I've worked closely with, um, I'm a, well, I do a lot. I do a lot of things because there's a lot of things to do. Mm-hmm. There's many things to be engaged in. But I worked closely with a gentleman, actually, um, and the two of us provided a course called Speaking and Listening for people because there are, there are many things we can learn about speaking and listening with people. Mm-hmm. So the people that we had sign up for this kind of course were frequently people in a sales area or people um, who wanted to be, I don't know, more speak, public speaking, right. who had an interest in speaking in the first place, people who wanted to improve their ability to relate with people for whatever reason. So I know what you mean about there could be a goal for this. For many of them, they came into this course with a goal. I, I want, I want to build my business better and I need to get more clients and I've got to be able to speak and listen to people better, you know, so there can be a lot of motivations for it, but it was a natural fit for me because don't you just want to know about people? Aren't they fascinating? They are. Do they love what they do? Do they hate what they do? Do they wish they were doing something in the area they're doing, but not quite what they're doing? And why did that happen and how did that happen? And do they know that you can go back in time and pull a thread of your story that you've been holding that life is this? We make decisions as kids. Oh, this is how life works. And then they're sometimes just based on some crazy 
situational thing at the time, but we hold it as a rule. We all each individually have a rule book we're mentally writing all the time. Mm -hmm. And something comes along that totally contradicts something we've held really strongly. And, you know, where and when are we willing to drop our happiness to get all pissy instead? Hmm. Is that fascinating? I don't know. I think that it's is. No, it's, so it is. Absolutely. When, when I heard about you and that you're doing this, I went, what an intriguing show. I love <laughs> it. Why didn't I think of this? <laughs> Just pick up the phone and talk to strangers. Yeah. Oh, I think, I think about, why didn't I think of that seven or eight times a day? Just other people's things. Yeah. Or they're, yeah, they're, they're, it's, it's weird the, the, you're just talking about everyone's different experiences and the way they they hold facts differently and observe them differently. Uh, just the way that this connection of brain cells and this connection of experiences can lead to this one thing or this one project. Like this, whatever happened in this brain came up with the the Better Strangers podcast. Whatever happened over there got that person to be president, or or you know just the. Exactly. Just the random accumulation and, and events that kind of lead someplace are, yeah, they're fascinating. Right, it is fascinating. And, and you wonder, is it really random? Is it not random? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, the deeper you go, the more infinite it becomes. I don't know what <laughs> <means to> what. <laughs> so it's like the never-ending story. Yeah, there's there's a which you know, but I have three sons and they frequently look at me and go, "Mom, nobody else lives in your world." <laughs> go, yes, but you all do. I promise you do. Right, you're all. <laughs> well, you're talking, so it's it's yep. anyone you're talking to is in that world. They are. Even anyone I'm thinking about, they're in that world. So you can imagine what a playground the internet has done for me. Oh yeah, I have the whole globe at my fingertips now, and I have many friends all over that globe. So how does that and expand? I, That's like a, a much larger elevator, which is everything in the you, world. You bet. Yes. And so I, I've partnered with people on projects that never, without this tool, without this technology, never, ever would have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I helped a gentleman in Iraq translate a book that he hmm. had, I had an interest in, he wanted to translate it into his language. And, you know, I've never physically met this gentleman, and I love this guy. Uh-huh. He had a lot of correspondence going on during this period of time. His English was really good. I don't know any Arabic languages. Mm-hmm. I mean, but isn't that amazing that we could still communicate effectively and I, we still connect with, and this was, you know, six years ago, maybe, and we still connect on a regular basis, and I know about his family and what's going on, and I know different aspects and perspectives of the political pulse in that part of the world that it certainly expands my thinking from what I hear on the news and, and read on the internet. You know, yeah. it, it, I love it. I think it's just... Wonderful. And he was very, you know, he, he, his English was very good, but he wanted to be clear that he had the nuances correct. So he needed some, it was written by an American author Mm -hmm. and he, he wanted to have an American English speaking perspective about 
what it was about. And, it, it, you know, it was a, it was a great top. The book itself was a great topic for us to be willing to lay down some of the reservations people hold when meeting a stranger. Yeah. Cause you, 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 it's a, it is a gamble and you are sometimes going to get people that look at you sh- really shut down and think you're crazy. But like you said, what are the odds of ever running across this person? Right. In many ways I find talking to strangers is actually easier because of that element. Once I really realized they're just people. Yeah. And, and so, unless you're going to get beat up in a bar, you know, go ahead and hit, exactly. give it a shot. Well, if someone has a face tattoo yeah. and is giving you a snarl, you know, you don't really well, dig into yeah, their family yeah. life. <laughs> you have to listen to that inner instinct that says, yeah. stay away, cross the street, something. But don't let your fear of the story in your head make you cross the street. Yeah. You know, t- try to be as clean as possible. And even that journey, learning to discern... When am I responding to the story in my head, and when am I truly feeling that that inkling in my gut that never will lead us astray? But but we deflect that feeling so often with our thoughts in our head, and so we end up having a day going, God, what did I do that for or say that for? But if we can train ourselves to listen to that, the feeling in our heart, the feeling in our gut, instead of the thought in our head... Yeah, yeah. And still, the next the next day is a blank slate. You get to get up and try again. Uh-huh. Like, okay, <laughs> I'll meet today's experiment. I think a lot of it uh, seems to almost stem from a uh, lack of effort, maybe, on people's parts, where, where communication is... Uh, it used to be such... It used to be so much tougher... Um, writing letters or calling an operator to connect you to somebody else in a different city over over a large amount of costs. And now it's so easy to communicate in such smaller spurts that it's like we've lost the, the desire to put forth an effort to have a conversation or to write a well-thought-out email or to to converse with someone because we have to get on to something else that is not that important. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good point. I think we dug down into it. Yeah. Well, and to me, because there is that temptation toward laziness, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and And, you know, what do we think is worth our time. It is a question I think is worth exploring every day. Yeah, I I've, I have plenty of projects going on, but I still think I am lazy. <laughs> you know, I, for, somehow I still fit in a lot of TV time in between everything else that I'm doing, which is working and, and teaching and uh, doing projects like this. So right. it's... it's I don't know. I feel like I'm lazy, but in, I am doing a lot. So it's maybe an excuse right. to not put in more time to to these things. It's, it's, it's like holding people at an arm's length because you have an excuse. Right. And then it's valuable to look at how you're defining lazy and asking yourself what's up about that. What, what makes you call that lazy? 
Right. You know, I was listening to, I don't remember, I was out in the car yesterday and I had the radio on and the, there are a couple of, it was, you know, it was this snippet of conversation and it truly was a snippet because I was going to put a CD in. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I was digging around listening for the CD and the radio is playing in the background and, and there's a, there's a man and a woman talking, the disc jockeys on the radio program and. And I don't know what they were referring to easier, but he said to her, oh, you can't tell me you don't hide things from your husband. And she said, what are you talking about? Or don't lie to him or hide, yeah, hide things or lie to him or something. And he said, mm-hmm. you buy things and you smuggle them into the house. And she goes, yes, because I don't want the grief. So there are some times that I'll buy something new and I'll go cut the tags off and hang it in the closet because I just don't want the grief. Then she proceeds to mimic her husband, you know, in a way that sounded to me like he was, you know, teasing her about a purchase or, oh, somebody thinks she's all that, that she has to go out and buy this new thing. And, but it occurred to me, it was like, wonder why she's thinking that that's grief. She's thinking that a response from him is grief. Hmm. And I know she didn't mean grief like, you know, somebody dying, that right. kind of grief. But, but why, you... why, yeah, why did she, why is she making it, instead of just looking at him with a grin on her face and go, I am all that, <laughs> what, what what made her feel, and I know it comes out of our, I'm so tired of having to defend every purchase, I mean, because then she went on a little bit as I'm flipping the CD and she's going, I mean, I work hard for the money and I deserve it, sort of like, honey, you don't need to explain to us, I mean, I'm thinking as I'm driving, right, because yeah, this yeah. is the way I listen to people, uh-huh. <laughs> and going, but I bet that's how she feels, like she needs to defend, and when we feel like we need to defend that is work. That's energy. That's draining. So mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure that's what she meant by I don't want to have to grieve. But on the other hand, if we would question that, we don't need to feel that. She's making that up. I'm going to spend the day yesterday to do some work. And, and one of the gals that, that I was working with is one of those people that, and you know, this is, we've talked a lot about this, but she, he, everything she hears, she's, She's so preoccupied with what other people think that everything she hears is a criticism of her, whether it is or it isn't. Yeah. yeah and it yeah. blows, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think, oh, she must be exhausted at the end of the day because I'm so the polar opposite. I think nobody's giving me any thought unless I tap them on the shoulder and remind them I'm here. Even if I'm in the middle of a conversation, like... Because I get that people are preoccupied and they're in their own world <laughs> no matter what. Yeah. I'm really not on their radar to either criticize or affirm either way. (laughs) So I don't need to worry about it so much because in my mind, now I go way the other extreme, which isn't good either. It isn't close to any real truth, Uh but she's just at such an other end of the, so I think, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm certainly as guilty as anybody of making more work out of everything than I need to. I don't, probably need to call up my sons on a regular basis to remind them I exist and I never and reintroduce myself to them every week. Hi, I'm your mom. <laughs> yeah, mom, we know. <laughs> because, but, and, and that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but still, there's too much of that in me. And yet, to walk around feeling like you need to defend your position as if you're being looked at or thought about in any given way, good or, or, or bad, 
I think w- would be really fatiguing. Therefore, because I made up this idea that says that's really exhausting, I'm not going to do that. The world doesn't land on me that way. You know what I mean? Right. Well, it's, so, it's doubly exhausting and, because you are you're worried about what people are judging you about, and then it's there's almost a you want to you want to judge other people before they can judge you too. So then you're caught in a kind of trap of being the person that you don't want judging you, judging other people. So you become what you yeah. what you're scared of. You you absolutely do and then you fall into the trap of wanting to control how they're going to judge you and you can't and you can't no you can't and the really absurd thing when you give that some thought is trying to control yourself is a 24 7 job Mm -hmm. so when are you really going to have the time to try to control their thoughts and their behaviors their actions you know but isn't it precious we are that adorable (laughs) that we really we act as though we could. You know, it's just there's something there's something sweetly irritating there. <laughs> and, and, and well, that's played out over and over again in in romantic comedies too, where you're trying, where the lead is trying to get this person who doesn't like them or whatever, and you got to change their mind yeah. and turn them around, and that's just perpetuated over and over again in in fiction of all sorts. So it's it's yes something. Some well, kind and of in human, real life of yeah. all sorts, how many women do we know that are attracted to that broken guy because they're going to fix him? Mm-hmm. Right. Or attracted to the not broken guy, but he just has some differences, and but she'll set him right. Well, that's just crazy thinking. Uh-huh. Like <laughs> that's you're setting yourself up for a whole lot of trouble. Yeah, you. you... And yet we persist to, to tough. But it's so hard. It's hard to step back and look at that. It's easier to look at other people and see what they're doing wrong, but to take a look back at yourself <laughs> and seeing that you have the same habits sometimes is yes. Uh, well, identifying it and then accepting it are two different things entirely. Like uh, this point. isn't that big of a deal, right? I'm sure I can get by with uh, uh, judging people every so often, and then you have to get past <laughs> that part. Several steps yes. of recovery to being a wallflower or a judgmental uh, uh, stick in the mud. Asshole or... Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, it's, it, yeah. It's, it's, it, it feels like people are treated as if they are cars. Like when you're driving, it's so hard to see the cars as actually people driving the cars instead of just these angry objects that are trying to butt in front of you or making you late. <laughs> yes. And sometimes yeah. it just feels like people are that way too, where you're just trying to find your way through people rather than finding your way to people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that came out much more profounder, much more profound than I meant, but. Um, but it, that's really valuable. It, yeah. it, that's and there's there's something really rich there because it if you just stop and hold that a minute and question it and go, well, which do I want to do right now? And then let yourself off the hook a bit because man, sometimes you're the, just not in the mood. <laughs> you're not in the mood exactly, exactly, and that needs to be okay. Mm-hmm. So we quit beating ourselves up because then you know. Twelve hours later, 
we're we're feeling guilty about that, and then we lash out at our kid or our spouse or something. Mm -hmm. But it's really coming because we've been holding on to this, God, I shouldn't be like this. So I am like this. It's not the best. Maybe tomorrow I won't be like this, but I am like this. And it's not the worst either. It's, it's, I, I think things would work so much more smoothly when, if we'd all be, just take the gamble and be more honest about where we are at any given moment. Yeah. In fact, I know it would run, run more smoothly, but I know what a dare that is. <laughs> it, you know, it, yeah. it feels like such a, yeah, can I trust you to do it? Can I trust you to play it this way? And give me the space to play it this way? I don't know. Because then, you know, things will hum along fine and, and somebody will fall off the rails and, you know, come back at you. You you share the truth about how you see maybe the relationship and then they'll come back at you and go, that's kind of harsh. Go, well, do you want to, how come? How come it seems harsh to you? That's just true. That's just so. Do, do you know, can we have a conversation about do we like that that's so? Do you like that that's so? I don't like that that's so. But you might like that that is so. Without getting wound up in the, God, the, it landed on us and it struck a chord that made us feel that, that we're back to that defensive or it made us feel uncomfortable in some way. And we want to, we want to so quickly deflect the discomfort instead of ponder and mull over. Why did it hit me that way? Is there a way that I could hear those same things without feeling punched? Right. Or, or can I uncover what really is underneath that punch? Because it really—that's why we get so sidetracked in conversations, especially with those people we're trying to control. <laughs> uh -huh. And they say the thing we don't want them to say, or they, you know, they reveal what's what's really happening that we're all pretending isn't happening. And we get all mad that they said it instead of and lose the point of what they said. You know, it's the old kill the messenger. Mm -hmm who just was delivering the message, but you didn't like the message, so let's take them out of the game. No! But still, it's it's crazy, and nobody will get into all this stuff with strangers, do ya? No, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's almost like the, the sense that we need to feel offended if we hear, say, a stand-up com comedian say something, or... or um, you know, and maybe they're saying something crude, but why does that necessarily affect you uh, that way? Maybe from a personal experience, but what does that say? I don't know. It comedy is a weird yes. thing. It, it, yes, it is a weird thing. It's it's yeah. But it's a fascinating thing it, because really, it's like what's opinions. Funny, and when did you cross the line, and it's not funny anymore? Mm -hmm. And then you're hanging out there with your pants down, going shit. <laughs> nope, nobody thought that was funny. Right. And really, you, in conversation, you're going to judge yourself. And, and in, in life, you're going to judge yourself much more harshly than anyone else can judge you. I mean, you know yeah. you. You know, all, you know all the things you think are wrong with you. Nobody else, they can make assumptions, but they don't know. Right. <laughs> you know. You know. And you yes. have to get around that. Well, yeah, something was circulating this week, you know, one of those posters or something over on Facebook, and I thought it was it was so poignant and so true that um, the problem we have is that we're comparing our backstory with somebody else's mm -hmm. highlight reels, and that's true. We can't we can't get away from ourselves, and we do have a ton of information about all our flaws and warts or what we have decided are, 
flaws and warts. Yeah, and it's a point and, of perspective, and, and, too, where you're comparing yourself, too. Like, it, you know, we can compare our own problems, but obviously you're not starving for rice in a third-world country, but you can't... That's something different entirely. You can't judge your life. I mean, everyone has their own problems. And yes. while some are, you know, categorically worse, they are apples and oranges. They are different. They're just different situations and different people. So <laughs> it's hard not to feel bad if you're if you're complaining about, well, my crappy phone won't work, but uh, uh, people are starving. Right. Um, but it's right. still, you know, from your your point of view, this is this is an issue. It is an issue, and it's an interruption in your life. And that's why I think we need to spend... I, I think we've created... Universally, there seems to be a... We've created a habit of comparing instead of a habit of evaluating mm-hmm. for ourselves yeah. what, what issues are going on. And when we jump in to that territory of comparing what's going on in our life with what's going on in somebody else's life, we're, we, we've lost the point for ourselves to make a change. We can only make a change by evaluating our life. We can't really make a change by comparing, but we so want to convince ourselves we can. Mm-hmm. And so you, it may be obvious. It's one of the things I'm working on right now is how to make a distinction for myself between evaluating an issue, a situation and comparing. And how do I even, cause in many, I would, I would have thought they were really distinct, but now that I've been looking at it more closely, I'm discovering they're not so distinct for me as I'd like them to be. So it's a little, it's gray and grayer almost between the two. Right. Yeah. Because it is that I shouldn't even be spending my time thinking about this. There's this horrible storm that just went on on the East coast. And right. I have heat and float running water for God's sake. I can't, well, is that really going to change this thing that's getting in your way right now? I'm taking the action you want to take? I'm feeling the need you have? Well, no. Well, then why are you spending the energy yeah. feeling bad that you have this issue? You have this issue. This is your life. You, this is, get over yourself. <laughs> You're not going to save the world by doing without, because somebody else is doing without more than you have. You just aren't. You can't. You can't pour yourself enough to make the poor rich. You can't starve yourself enough to feed the hungry. It's, you just can't. Right. But we play a game as if we could. It, it, so we tolerate things we shouldn't tolerate because somebody else is tolerating worse. And when you really look at it, that doesn't make sense. But why am I trying to play that game right. then? It's just like a shift in magical thinking where, you know, if you're a kid and you think stepping on a crack is going to do something horrible, and here as right. an adult, you know, if you feel bad enough about your about feeling bad for yourself, maybe that will write something cosmically in the universe. Yes, yeah. And it's it comforts you for a moment, and then it doesn't pan out the way you want it. And then, if you don't take the time to go back and evaluate that whole idea, let me see if my rule book is right. <laughs> right. I have a I have another friend I work with on a different project and she lives in she lives in Kansas and and you know I don't want to get into a political conversation but it's a pretty red state and she's pretty blue uh-huh. and and she called me up and she's feeling really frustrated and she's feeling you know a lot of different things she called me up and, and we've had many conversations over the years and she goes I'm having trouble finding the Jackie rule book but I got a rule that must be getting in my way because I am so annoyed could you help me work through. Um, <laughs> 
what I might be thinking that is actually, you know, cutting myself at the throat because I, I, I it's, it's, you know, it can't be everybody in the state of Kansas that I'm thinking everybody in the state of Kansas. Right. So, you know, it, it's kind of, are we willing to take the time to talk ourselves off the ledge? We put ourselves on. Nobody else did, but we want to deflect it and go, but they need me. They're making me feel this way. And it's a, it's a bitter pill to swallow uh, to go, oh, maybe, maybe I am. Maybe I need to go check what rule I have. And, I'm, and that doesn't mean I need to throw the rule away. It means I just need to look at it more honestly. I need to bring more pieces to it, and I, I need to stop acting like a five-year-old. Yeah, no one can make you feel... It, it, it's, a, it's a hard sw- pill to swallow, but no one can make you feel... I mean, you make you feel. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, it's, it's, and you can let people get to you, or you can not let people get to you. Right. It, it, you know, again, back to you can only control yourself and other people can't control you. But maybe right. maybe we have this feeling that other people we can control other people because other people affect us so deeply sometimes. Yes. And, uh, negative or positively. And that just cycles back to, well, everyone must be exactly like this all the time. <laughs> Yeah, when you really think about that, isn't that absurd? Uh-huh. When I, you know, I mean... I think it all know. goes back to just wasted energy. Everyone's just wasting energy thinking about all this. <laughs> yes! Worrying right. about this. Just to stop it and recognize you are your own full-time job. <laughs> so, does this make me feel good or does this feel off? It's like doing things that feel off to you. Do the things that don't feel off. What yeah. the hell? Oh, there you go. The world's solved. Right, we did it. <laughs> we, we did it. Uh, the next <laughs> the next problem is just to get everyone in the world to listen to this and then be truthful. Yeah, wouldn't it? And isn't that, isn't that the fun goal? But isn't that part of the fun game with doing something like you're doing? I mean, I certainly find it. It has its frustrating moments. Like you want to get traffic to this site <laughs> to listen to these podcasts. Right. And, how do I do that? And if and, and there's one day you wake up and that's such a chore and you can feel overwhelmed and frustrated because it's not happening. Oh, my God. One person listened to a podcast today. But another day, sitting in another space, you're like, oh, right, this is just like a Sudoku puzzle or something. I can, <laughs> I can, I can take a few actions, but I wonder which would be the best actions to take. Would, it, would this be better or would this be better? And, and do I care? You know, you have the left-brained and the right-brained people, and you have a, a whole a whole range of things. You know, you have those who are, you really want to keep track of statistics as if they mean something and you assign meaning to them, and that's not always unreasonable, but there, there can be a lot of flaws in what we think this number means, as we're seeing a lot of mm-hmm. with the goofy polling going on right now. Right, right. We're, we're seeing this number going, and I'm raising my hand in the dark over here in Wisconsin, you know, I, I'm a Minnesotan who's temporarily transplanted this Wisconsin, <laughs> feeling feeling a little bit homesick and a little bit not, and going, nobody's ever calling me up for my opinion. What's the deal <laughs> with that? I don't believe these polls, because I've never been asked. So who are they asking these questions of, and how are they getting these results? And then why are they thinking these results mean this? Because... We, you know, I took logic courses in college. We can make black mean white, and it follows a logical progression, and it's just 
there you go. It's just true. If this, then this, and then if this, then this. So, you know, that, what does that mean, and does it have to mean anything? And I'm going to decide it means this, and I'm going to get the whole world to believe me. I'm going to get the whole world at my website. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to make a million dollars online, and people are going to flock because I put content there. No, they're not. You, you have, oh, <laughs> right. It it goes back to uh, comparing yourself against others or or their yes. problems. You know, if you're if you're sitting yes. on your website looking at numbers, which I don't say I don't do, I do that all day long. But me too. Uh, I agree. Right. I totally relate. But your <laughs> your project or whatever is going to fail miserably if that's the only thing you're using to gauge your success. I mean, I wouldn't be doing yes. this if I wasn't getting something else out of it or I didn't enjoy it. Um, if I right. was doing it just for numbers, numbers are, you just, there's, there's nothing. They're, they're, what is the reality behind those numbers? You get 10 people. What does that even quantify? What, what does that mean? It's, it's, it's your right. own value that you're putting on those. So you should put your value back into yourself and do the projects you want to do and have a passion for. Right. And then lighten up a little bit and be willing to experiment and see in your tweaking of this or that. I mean, even going back to like the stand-up comic, mm -hmm. you, you throw something out there and you get a laugh and it's everybody laughing. And then do you make the decision that that's universally funny? Or do you ever wonder, I wonder if it's funny to this particular crowd. In other words, what's my market for that particular joke? Mm -hmm. Is that joke going to land on this other group the same way it landed on this group? And so you've got to be willing to try it. Yeah. And yet we'll have some sense that I know that this will work with this crowd. You know, it's it's uh, if you know the group you're going to talk to, you're going to talk to them with their language. Yeah. As, as much as you can, though, you know. Without and, uh, or, losing who you or are. Or absolutely opposite. If you're not really part of that group, you can you can do some funny things that are a play on the fact that you're really not part of that group and you don't talk like they talk. Right, right. And that's... You know... You can't be calling out the group itself, but you have to be calling out yourself and pointing that yes, inwards. Yes, you do. Right. I, I, uh, and the only thing in common is you. You can have that joke in common, whether that joke is a story or, you know, however it works in front of different audiences, but you still, as the deliverer, are the pivotal mm -hmm. thing that's the, the the not variable. So you you got to go with how it lands on you, what it makes you feel. Yeah. There's a, and then uh, you can tell, if it makes you feel in the right place, you can tell it to people that don't even speak your language, and they're going to laugh because you're feeling it, and they're going to feel your feeling. Right. That's what I love about getting to know people, too. There's this unspoken communication that's going on that we we don't pay close enough attention to, that if we did, could change so many things. And that's why, you know, it gets... It can be delivered a little bit through our mediums like the phone, but, you know, mm -hmm. it entails even more than body language because it really just is an energy. Yeah. But that's why the, those live performances are always so much richer yeah. than a recorded performance, uh, right. you know, because that energy is just flying and and it lands. You don't know for sure how it's going to land. That's just fun. Yeah. Even almost, oh, that didn't land well. 
it's hard to say that was fun, but still, it's part of the fun, isn't it? Because well, the, the risk, a lot There's of the fun where the rubs are, where the contrast is. Yeah, you know, it's that whole we dismiss. Oh, I don't, I don't like this. Therefore, I don't ever want to see it again. But, but man, it really gave a burst to the part you do like. <laughs> it really sharpens things up. Yeah, and that's so don't be so quick to damn the dark. <laughs> And that's people too. That's that's you know if you're not going to take a risk up on stage and and be who you yeah. are. Same thing in circling back to everything we've been talking about. Just taking that risk uh, uh, with people. Yes, it is, and that's why I'd say watch little kids. They're the biggest risk takers because they don't even feel any sense of risk oh, yeah. about any of it. It's fresh. It's raw. It's why not? And then go. Hmm, wow, look, that made Dad blow up. Whoa, that made mom laugh. Whoa, that made, you know. And, and But they're not instantly, they're slowly over time, but certainly those first five years, they're, they're starting to make some decisions about whether or not they want to repeat that in a different venue with a different crowd, <laughs> you know. It depends on what comes back. But gosh, I, I, if we would train them to go with how they felt about doing it, Instead of the reaction they got, yeah. this is the trap we fall into. Right. You know, it, it's draw that line. Be clear, at least for yourself, that this time I'm doing it for the reaction. I'm not doing it for me. And still, it's always going to be better to do it, do it for you. And then make the decision whether or not it felt good and you're going to do it again or not. But when we get... So what happens today is that we seem to be training our kids to... Um, respond based on our reaction not their feeling yeah and that's a and and, and what are we creating what kind of what kind of future truthers truthers isn't the right word right. That, that is the that but it's close i like that one that's a good that's i a think good jesse one. ventura took that word over though i love it <laughs> we're not talking about uh buildings falling down faster than gravity uh, uh right. like the conspiracy theory theorists are just uh, uh there's got to be a better word than truthers that's kind of sullied already it's a shame when words are just <laughs> taken and then and, and and ruined because they're they're mm-hmm. good words for things i know that people uh, uh just adapt for themselves it's not fair exactly well, and, and, you know and that's that's all over even symbols like the the stupid Nazi party took that that, that swastika, which is uh, uh, a Latvian symbol for... Yes! For, uh, uh, I don't know what it is, beauty, truths, peace, something like that. Yeah! And, and then you can't put that on anything anymore. They took something that right. was nice and turned it into the, the worst thing ever. Right. There's no way to take yeah. that back. That and the mustache. Michael Jordan tried, but that's not going to work. <laughs> no. No, it's just not. And sometimes I'll have a lot of, oh, frust- you know, I'll, I'll feel frustrated that this thing has been corrupted. Mm-hmm. This, you know, this symbol, this word. But then if I take a breath and I give it some more thought, I go, yeah, people are like that. This is how, this is how change happens. But mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like an evolution towards something better. And then, you know, questioning that is valuable for me too. go, why do you think that? Well, because, come on, 
it's just obvious, isn't it? Yeah, I spend way too much time alone. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's Questioning. so hard uh, just coming up to uh, what uh, elections on Tuesday next week. Just yep. being able to get into other people's minds who think differently or have a different opinion or feeling because there is a it's all yeah it's it's you don't want to be open to the truth you want to be defensive about your opinion yes and then then we're we're at a lack of conversation we're we're at a no no one's listening they're just saying and they're saying louder right. and louder and louder and it's not it's it's not a it's just a one-way street two one-way streets headed right towards each other and it's not a, a two-way street of conversation and it's it's just so frustrating really frustrating and that yeah that's i'm yeah i'm frustrated with politics in general just because that seems to be the 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 default setting for so many people right. they find they find their opinion and then they they like pour the cement around it and then then they got it they don't have to worry about it that's their opinion um right i mean you don't want your mind so open that your brain falls out but you want your mind open so you can just be accepting of, of seeing other people's points of view right at least to be able to appreciate it not share it mm-hmm. not not insist they come over you, come to your side, but right. just appreciate that they're holding a point of view for a reason. And so much is and based even around you that. Can, you can marvel that their story is so much different. Yeah. Than yours, it, it's sort of. But but when we get locked onto being fearful about that in any way, then we can't have any appreciation for it, the fact that they're they are standing in their truth as they have decided it is mm-hmm. not the truth, but their truth. Yes. And I gotta appreciate people for that if I can let myself appreciate people for that, and I and I work on that. It's hard, though. It's hard. Yeah, it is. It it, it is hard because they're idiots sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you go. That's exactly how you're allowed to get the other person. Uh, yeah, and again, you so. can't you can't you can't change people. You can't shake them and say, "Will you just listen and then talk together?" Yes. Can't we just do this? You know, they're, they they are just... who they are. And there's, you know, there's right. a certain psychology, I guess, to reaching people that advertisers have gotten a pretty good handle on, but you can't, you can't go up to a person and just change them. No. No, you can't. And, and they're somebody, not even, you yeah. know, sure they want to be changed. So, no, you, you can't. And how would that... And we're back to wasted How would that effort. Make things better, yeah. right? It really is a wasted effort, and it wouldn't be. I, I mean, it's it's part of the part of the beauty here, and part of the creativity here is because everybody's holding a slightly different perspective. Yeah, if we were all so, the same, it'd be awfully boring. I wouldn't want to hang around with me, me, and me. Um, right. We we, right. we would we would have no fun. Well, yeah. it might be novel for like a day. Yeah, uh, like switching switching you, clothes or something. You can, as long as you're drawing on different aspects of you, and get into a good, healthy argument with yourself, and it can be really satisfying afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not if only you pull yourself out day after day. Uh huh. 
Uh, it would weird. I can't hear you very well right now. Oops, sorry about that. Uh, okay. Hmm. I lost you. Oh, are you mad? No, you're there. You're there. No, there. you're there now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Sorry. Maybe I was just being quiet. Uh, that's true. Or contemplating. Oh, that's another. That's another just tough part about conversation is pausing or thinking. Um, and there, there's a fear of just being quiet or letting the moment lapse or giving some time to think about it because because uh, uh, th there's a need to fill every inch with conversation that, that's just sometimes hard for the brain to do <laughs> I, I was talking uh, in one of these I was talking to a gal from Germany who sometimes they pause for a minute between things that are said to just kind of take it in and like really listen and then form uh, uh, form a, a response rather than just uh, shooting from the hip and that's you know you're shooting from the hip and, you, and that's how you feel you're going with your gut, your gut reaction but uh, uh, are you really listening then sometimes sometimes I like that that pause in there right it's a valuable one yeah uh, did we I solve can... everything again? Did we what? Did we solve everything again? I I'm pretty sure we did. All right. Well, hmm. you know, at least enough for now. Right. Uh, we actually, yeah, we've been chatting a while now as I'm <laughs> glancing at the clock. Like, oh, <laughs> time flies. I have a birthday party to get to for one of my wife's friends in a bit tonight, and I... <laughs> I'm going to try to be less scared. I'm going to do... Uh, uh, let's see if I can strike up a conversation with somebody I don't know. Because it's so... It's, it, it's, I mean, here there's a safety net. You're, you're submitting your phone number. I'm calling you and right. we know what's going to happen. I suppose if you're right. at a party, you assume you're going to talk. But you don't know that you're going to talk to someone you don't know face-to-face. -face. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's... There's... It's, it feels like higher stakes, but, you know, just Good. I, I can't be scared. Can't, can't yeah. uh, be fearful of it. Or I can, just but I have to get over it. Approach, I know, but if you, approach every, if you approach a person with the idea that they're probably feeling the same unsureness mm -hmm. and your job is to put them at ease, it'll go really smoothly. I think it'll, yeah. And, they, and you'll find they're really relieved have somebody that they're in conversation with so that they could quit thinking about the fact they should be in conversation with somebody. Right. I, and I can't think back to a time that I really feel like someone was trying to get out of a conversation either. Like they were rolling their eyes and checking their watch and saying, right. Come, uh, I'm going to find someone else better. Yeah. It's all, yeah, it's all irrational fears. It's, it's, they're they're cemented in there due to you know your past, I guess, but it doesn't mean they necessarily make sense. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Have fun. Yeah. I think that's really fun. Thank you. You've got a great playground coming up to play on. And yeah. see. <laughs> 
see which you, which elements of you you could bring to this one and play it out. Yeah. Well, you have fun with your girlfriends tonight, and... <laughs> I will. There will be a couple new people to meet, too, so I'm going to go meet Ooh, a couple new strangers. That'll be nice. Who then, who then won't be strange. That's, you know, one of those funny things to me. I, I you know, as I was telling you, I worked with kids for years, mm-hmm. and it's always made me crazy, this teaching our kids that not to talk to strangers. It's like, what is wrong with us fretting and telling our children not to talk to strangers and then they turn five and we put them on a bus driven by a stranger to a school full of strange adults that we expect them to be polite to not only talk to but be polite to after we've spent five years drumming in their heads not to talk to strangers and then having done child care myself it's easily solved issue don't go anywhere with anyone without telling me yeah it's it yes and that's just a blanket don't go anywhere with anyone without telling me the mm-hmm. end there's no mention of strangers because I'm doing child care. I don't even want them going with their parent without coming to tell me yeah. their parent has arrived. I don't want them to go anywhere with anyone. Known or unknown is not the point. Don't go. But even with our own children, it wouldn't that hold, wouldn't that don't go anywhere with anyone. Because otherwise, if I tell them don't talk to strangers and I take them out for a walk and I end up introducing myself to a neighbor I don't know, a stranger to them. and Yeah, you're all then, of a sudden breaking the rules. Well, and yeah, and that. we break the rule all the time. Oh, yeah. we, we say these absurd things to our children and then we, then we aren't consistent about that. And that's one of those, those crazy ones to me because there too, it's a... Uh, um, a stranger doesn't look any different. It's like a psycho doesn't really look any different than a normal person. A stranger just looks like a regular person. So kids, I've had kids go. And somebody else, <clears throat> I remember years and years ago, a parent coming in, and their child was talking to someone that the parent didn't know. Are you talking to strangers? <laughs> and the child went, no, their name is such and such. And the parent went, well, do you know them? Well, I just met them. They told me their name. In, in the child's mind, that's no longer a stranger. And right. in the parent's mind, the parent's all fretful. <laughs> nope. Hello? Uh-oh. Hello. Hello. Something went horribly wrong. Yeah, I don't know how we got disconnected, uh, but I am on a Vonage line, which is a voice over Internet, you uh, know. Yeah, me too. And if I got... If I got an interruption in the signal or something, that might have disconnected us. Yeah. Well, I... <laughs> but it's, it's time to wrap up anyway. It is, but I'd <laughs> had to call back and at least say a proper goodbye, because that would be rude right. otherwise. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for uh, uh, an enlightening and insightful conversation. That was uh, <laughs> delightful. Um, yeah, I, Thank I, you. It, it was great. Thanks for, thanks for taking part. Thank you. It was very nice to meet you. It was nice to meet you, Mary. Thanks. <laughs> Have that a... it then? <laughs> yep, that's it. <laughs> okay. Have a nice evening. You too. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye. And there you have it. Thanks once again to Mary Kay Weinhagen for being a lovely conversationalist. I think we learned that I still don't know how to start out a conversation. And maybe I even feel the need to throw extra awkwardness in there just so they know off the bat what they're getting into. Like, boy, this is super awkward. I better turn up the uh, turn up the charm on my side. Maybe it's just the unnatural format of talking with a complete stranger over the phone in a prearranged situation. 
like uh, following electrons in quantum physics. Electrons? Something like that. You can measure where it's going to be or where it is, but not both. Because measuring one disrupts the other. Hey, I'm not trying to be scientific here. So, goals. Try to just uh, get rid of all the awkwardness completely. Just try to be a confident fella with no fear. And also maybe start out a conversation without bringing attention to the fact that we are having a conversation. Isn't that weird? So don't talk about jobs. Don't talk about the weather right off the bat. Just But there has to be like an introductory... There has to be a bridge between saying hi and getting into these deeper discussions. Hey, I'll keep playing with it. We'll see how it goes. I'm still learning, obviously. I'm looking to put out this podcast on a two-week basis. That seems much more manageable, so I hope to see you in another two weeks. Thanks again to Brad Sucks for the theme music. Brad Sucks just put out a new album last week. Go and buy it. It's fantastic. Go to bradsucks.net for more information on how to get that. And that's it. Time for the awkward ending where I don't think up of a catchphrase. Bye? This is a pretty good one. Bye.